Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Naturalist Capitalist. I'm your host, Reed Coverdale. I told you guys yesterday, but I do have a Twitter account. Again, we'll see how long it lasts. Uh, I changed the at. I found a better one. It's at USS Liberty underscore 1967. Uh, so just go search that. You'll find me. I'm there, but I'm still trying to get you guys over to Telegram and to Substack because uh, Twitter is temporary. When I got banned a year ago and had 20,000 followers, I had just YouTube and that was my only other big platform. Hurt a lot less this time. I've kind of diversified, got a lot on Instagram, got a lot on Odyssey, got a lot on YouTube, um, and I'm trying to build up Telegram and Substack. So those are linked in the description. Please go follow both of those. But without any further ado, let's get into the show. I've had this guy on before. I've been on his show. He's on the grind all the time. Prime time, 99. Alex Stein, how are we doing tonight, man? Wow, Reed, I think that's the most enthusiasm I've ever seen from you. I appreciate that. Okay, wait. First of all, <laughs> I got to say this. As a social media uh, aficionado myself, I think that is the... The, the best way to keep a new Twitter account is to bring up the U.S. Liberty, USS Liberty from 1967. <laughs> yeah, I think you're really just you're really hitting the nail on the head with that one. I think that's kind of an fu username, which I do like. Uh, but it's funny you say that because um, so so I shouldn't even bring this up because like I should just let it die. But I had Nick Fuentes on my podcast, and I right. knew Nick Fuentes was controversial, right? I knew it, but I didn't realize like how many people in the conservative movement i don't even like to consider myself super conservative i really don't because it's that's that's so much more cringe than being a liberal not as bad but you know what i mean my point yeah. being i had no idea like the drama with nick and all this stuff and dude so i was supposed to do this thing at turning point and they kind of switched it up because nick had gone after they still concluded me in the turning point <laughs> thing but it, I, I had a really cool thing planned that got rearranged that's the lack of a better word <laughs> because of nick and i didn't realize i'm like well what yeah. did nick do to Turning Point USA. That, 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 at first, I was kind of defensive. I'm like, what did this guy do? You guys are a huge organization. They're like, actually, he weaponized Groypers to literally go to every time Charlie Kirk was speaking and bring up the 1967 USS Liberty attack. <laughs> and, you know, and, and so that you're watching these videos and Charlie Kirk knows what the hell happened there. He knows oh, what is going does, on yeah. with that. <laughs> and But he's not anti-Israel, so he's not going to say, oh, they bombed the ship and lied about it. So it's, I'm just like, oh, great. You know, the Groypers really, they're vicious. Uh, they were pretty vicious. And they would go after two. They would call they, they, this one. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with either, but they'd be like, why are you guys okay with so much butt sex? Why are you okay with the butt sex? You know, cause they have gay people in turning point, which I don't care. I'm not anti-gay. I'm not homophobic, but mm -hmm. the Groypers are. And that was another big thing. The butt sex and the uh, USS Liberty were like, their two, you know, troll questions they'd always talk about. And it was, it is what it is, but now, now I realize why they don't like Nick Fuentes. Yeah, I actually met Nick Fuentes out in Vegas at Freedom Fest a few weeks ago. And all I did was, uh, well, I went to a screening of a film that was about him that uh, a guy named Jason Rank put together. It's called The Most Canceled Man in America. And I got to meet him and talk to him. So then I took a picture with him. And I don't know if you know Patriot J. Uh, yeah, I saw like, that. Yeah, the rapper. Yeah. Of course, I saw you tweeted yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that caused all sorts of hell uh, in the libertarian what did it cause you? sphere. Wait, wait, real quick. <laughs> I want to hear it because this is the thing, dude. Say what you will about Nick. He is a young guy. He's like 23 yeah. or 24, I believe. I mean, he's a kid in my mind. I didn't. I don't even think you can be considered adult here 25. Regardless, my point being. I'm sure he's pissed off a lot of people, but you know, I, I think we, I, we, I should be nice to a black supremacist. I think I should be nice to like the most controversial people. Even if a jihadi terrorist, if you want to come on my podcast, I would hear his side of the thing. Right. But you know, uh, you know, I, I'm not platforming him. I don't think, in my opinion, by talking to a person, but just taking a picture. They're gonna. What did they do? What was that, Rachel? Just a single picture. Yeah, right. I mean, the, I feel the same way. And I I watched his episode on your show, which was really great because while i was there i wasn't getting neo-nazi vibes like hanging out with him and his friends and uh watching the movie i was like because i i had never like watched much of his shit i didn't know a ton about him just what i'd heard other people say and mm -hmm. i was like i don't know this doesn't really line up and so then i watched your episode with him and i was like oh i actually think this guy gets misrepresented and i'd like to i'm trying to get him on the show now to talk to him and see what he thinks but um, yeah, same way, man. Like if even if he is a neo-Nazi or a white supremacist or whatever, 
I feel like if you don't let people talk about those things and you just ban them out of existence, you only validate them because then th two things, they just feel like because they're getting oppressed that what they think is right. But on top of it, if they do have like batshit crazy ideas, they don't even have to talk about them in front of the public and actually explain how insane they are. They could just be like, yeah, I'm not allowed to talk because I'm, you know, against the establishment or whatever. So I'm all about like airing out those conversations and letting anyone say whatever the fuck they want. Because if they have stupid ideas, I think the best thing to do is let them talk about it. And people would be like, holy shit, you're insane. You know what I mean? But I don't know. But, uh, no, you're 100% right. It's like, if they're so wrong, well, then let them be wrong and then combat him or, or you know, whatever. And, and dude, I just saw a clip and I'm not an Andrew Yang fan at all. I think Andrew Yang's cringe. No. And yeah. I'm definitely not a, um, a Jim Acosta fan, but Jim Acosta was, I don't oh, know yeah, if you I saw, saw this, this. Yeah, kind yeah, of viral yeah. where he's like, he's like, well, what are some of your party policies? You know, <laughs> what about the Second Amendment? What about Roe versus Wade? He's like, we're the forward party. We, and he was just like repeating the same shit and uh uh you know just where i'm going like with yang he's so cringe i, I forget why i was re relating this to nick fuentes but regardless that clip was insane i don't support him gosh why was i bringing this up because i just lost my train of thought i forget why i was uh, bringing up this clip regardless everybody needs to watch it and how they put him on blast it's like he didn't even oh then my point being is let stupid people talk because andrew yang yeah. acts like he knows what the hell he's talking about and then jim acosta is asking him simple questions what do you think about roe versus Wade? what do you think about he can't be like oh we're pro second amendment he can't even answer it so it's like that just shows you anybody that thinks Andrew Yang might be smart, he can't even answer the most simple uh, party, you know, line polit political questions about his new political party. So he's he's an idiot. Yeah, no, that's uh, something I've been impressed with. You is like having Nick Fuentes on amidst your explosive rise to popularity. Wow. I when I saw that uh, show up in my feed, I was like, holy shit! Good on you. <laughs> like so, I don't know. I think that's great, man. That you're still like you've got that free speech attitude, and you just want to hear whatever anyone has to say. Because I feel like most people, uh, once they reach a certain level, they start saying, "Okay, I got to be safer now. I can't have these more controversial people anymore." But that's obviously not what you're about. So it's great. Yeah, but dude, you know, I wish I could agree with you a thousand percent. Because, dude, I, I don't use the word the G word on Twitter now because you get kicked off that. That rhymes with rumor. So, you know, it's like, I'm all about free speech, but still, dude, I still feel like I'm, I'm, uh, have a governor on, you know, and I know you're from a, did you have a governor on your truck when you were driving? Yes. Yep. No, yeah. how annoying. Eight, 80 miles per hour though. So it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I know, but so it couldn't ever, even like if you needed to go 80 to pass a car, it, the governor, and people probably might not know what a governor is, but it limits your car, the, the mile per hour that your car can drive for the people playing at home. But you're telling me, though, you had a governor, and the 80s obviously a lot better. Some of those governors have 60, 65 right. for fuel mileage. That's really terrible. Can you imagine being stuck at 60 like that? But no. but it, does, does the governor not let you go over, over the 80 even for a little bit and then take you back down? It just totally stops. It gets no The only way you'd get over it is if you're going down a hill and, you know, just the gravity pulls. Yeah, but you yeah. can't rev the engine up high enough to get over it. But wow. 80 wasn't okay. bad. Yeah, that's not bad. No, no, that's not. It's pretty fast, especially in a big ass truck like that uh, with a with a big load behind it. I'm sure you know you you don't even want to go too fast because will the load shake back and forth if you're going if you're really hauling ass in one of those uh, rigs? Yeah, I mean, I would go eighty at two hundred thousand pounds gross weight. Sometimes, <laughs> like yeah, I mean, I usually try to slow down more when I was super heavy because the tires can actually heat up and shit. Uh, so I'd usually go like sixty or something. But there were times where I'd like be coming down a super long hill. And like by the time you get to the bottom of the hill, you're just like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. There's nothing in front of me and just kind of let it go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. When, when you're stuck at 55, your governor, you can't even like speed up to get to a hill. Then you're fucked because it's not so much about not going over 55. But if you can't speed up to get up a hill, like it, it's terrible. So those things suck. But yeah. Um, it, it, well, and then, but the last thing I want to talk about trucking, because I know now you don't you know, you're not driving anymore. Is that correct? Right now, I'm not. Yeah, I'm in between. Yeah, so. yeah but because you crush it. You did really well. People don't realize you make a lot of money doing that. Not saying you're some rich guy, but you're obviously not some broke-ass joke. My point being is you always hear on the news, though, that uh, is like that. What was it? The FDA, World Health, Health Organization, just had a flipped over truck with a bunch of monkeys in it. Did you see that? It was on the news. It was almost like out of outbreak. And then every day I'm saying that one of those 18 wheelers flips over. There was just one on, I saw an old row or, you know, barstool sports, uh, one full of a beer. 
we flip over. So these people flip those every day. I feel like there's a new story of a, you know, an 18 wheeler flipping. I was in Salt Lake city just North of it. This was in 2020. We got 110 mile per hour winds in Salt Lake city. And, uh, there, there had been like 40, 50, 60 mile per hour gusts all day long. But then these insane high winds started all the traffic stopped. Uh, billboards, road signs and shit were blowing over. It was terrifying. Uh, luckily because of what I hauled, you know, it was heavy equipment. So if I was empty, I was low profile. And if I was loaded, I weighed at like two, you know, 150,000 pounds or whatever. Um, and I think 52 semis got tipped over that day, just in North Salt in Lake. And I, day? Yeah, I, drove, one day? <laughs> I drove by eight of them and it looked like they were just sleeping on the side of the road. Like they got tired out and just, <laughs> Went to bed. Over. I can't yeah. believe. Imagine being all state insurance company. They probably love that or whatever. Whoever you know insured them. I mean, I know there's a bunch of different ones. Geico. Okay. Yeah. Well, sorry, we're talking about the trucks, but 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 back to the thing I was saying originally about the governor. Even though I'm all about free speech, I think we should be edgy. I think we should say how we feel. I don't talk about the election. I don't talk about the bioweapon. I don't talk about, you know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of stuff that I don't talk about that I want to, that I really want to be screaming uh, from the, the rooftops, but it's like, they, you don't, you don't even get to exist on the internet if you do talk about that stuff. So it's weird. That's what I try to do. That's different than most people is like, you know, all these people get mad. Cause I guess, cause I'm being, you know, I'm, I'm starting to like get it following cause I'm being sarcastic, but I'm saying I try to use sarcasm, sarcasm. I said that word sarcasm. I'm trying to use sarcasm in order to highlight these things by saying, I love the jab or I love inflation in order, you know, because if you say that you can't get censored for it because (laughs) you know, you're not, yeah, it's a different. It's hard for the algorithm or the artificial intelligence to tell sarcasm. So I think that's the only yeah. way we exist is either we don't talk about it or we talk about it in a sarcastic way like we all like this stuff. Yeah, you got to be implicit instead of explicit. And that's the only way you survive. So going to these events and harassing these people, is it harder now? Like because back in when it back, I knew you before you were like this crazy, crazy famous dude, like you came on Tower Gang and stuff. And you at that point in time you were just like going to all these town hall meetings and no one knew who you were so you just troll the shit out of them and then they realized they'd been had by the end of it or whatever but is it hard to do that now does everyone know who you are whenever you show up or well in dallas yes but let's let's talk about this week so this week i'm going to las vegas there's a uh a, a um Friday night tights event, you know, Gary from Nerdrotic, you know, that's going to be kind of cool. There's a meetup. So I'm going to go to that on Wednesday, but during the day they have a city council meeting in Las Vegas. So this is my plan. I'd like to get your opinion on it. Cause I, I like to run these gags in front of people kind of, you know, uh, group think it. So my plan is I'm going to do like a leaving Las Vegas thing. I'm going to go up there. Like I'm really drunk and then I lost all, all my money. And then I got tricked by a transsexual prostitute into having gay sex and complaining at the meeting. So what do you think about that for my uh, speech? I think you can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> like what? I'm going to uh, complain. I'm going to be like, yeah, should limit gambling. I lost all my money, my wife and her new boyfriend. You know, I lost my son's college fund. I got so drunk last night. I brought home a prostitute that ended up having a penis and I ended up <laughs> liking it. I'm going to be like, I liked it. Now I don't know what to do. That's going to be my whole shtick. So, I'm going to say that Las Vegas turned me gay. Basically, like yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the vibe. But yeah, so I'm going to do that. Uh, are then, you going to uh, be gay once you leave Vegas or is it just like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Does the gayness stay or I should I should be like I should be like, does my gayness stay? And they I'm going to that's how I'll end the speech. I'm like, you know, they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But is my gayness going to go back to <laughs> Toledo with me? Am I going back to Toledo, Ohio with my gayness, with my rainbow flag? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to play it by ear, but I, yeah, I'm going to act like absurd. I think I'm going to get like one of those, you know, they have, I'm sure you've been to Vegas a few times as you've driven everywhere, but you know, they have this huge uh, daiquiri things that are like, aren't like hooked on a necklace. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? The ones that are like yeah. six feet tall. I'm, I think I'm going to walk in there with one of those. So, uh, <laughs> and you know, like a stupid shirt that says Las Vegas and just be totally cringe and, and gay and you know, that I slept with a transsexual. So we'll see how it goes. You know, I, I don't know. Okay. But go back to answer your question. Now, can I get away with, with as much stuff? Well, dude, honestly, the culture jamming at these city council meetings, like I'll continue to do that. Cause that's just like kind of easy. I just randomly do that. But now I've kind of pivoted more to getting in these politicians faces and calling them out because that's kind of what people want. Not enough people do that. We live in a day and age where everybody's like a sycophant. Like if you idolize a politician, that's bad. If you actually think like, you know, a politician has your back, that's like thinking a prostitute or a stripper actually likes you. You know what I right. mean? It's not, these people don't, they don't have our back. They just want to try to 
you know, lie to you and make you play their game and to like him. So what I noticed is with the AOC, that wasn't the first thing. Like I said, Big Booty Latina, and that was the biggest story for about four or five days. I mean, there was a slow news cycle, but that really was, you know, what congresswoman sexually harassed and she played the victim yet she's the same person that was they spent nearly a million dollars for drag queen story time at libraries new york government did the government paid that taxpayers money and so these are the same people that defend the sexualization of children but if you're to call them oh you're a big booty latina or that you're sexy oh you can't sexualize me sexual harassment me too so the hypocrisy uh, of her you know that that being like like i said like such a big story just showed the hypocrisy but i think I also called out Adam Kinzinger. I, you know, I called out Jamal Bowman. I asked him if he liked Hunter Biden's prostitutes. So my point being is like, I think that's what that has to be the next thing. Like, I'm going to go back to D.C. I'm going to confront Elon Omar about marrying her brother. I'm going to confront Eric Swalwell about sleeping with a Chinese spy. And I, and I, you know, I confronted Dan Crenshaw. That was a big story before yeah. the thing. I called him Patch McCain. So it's like, maybe is this like low hanging fruit a little bit, but at the same time, nobody's going into these politicians. And the last person that was doing this, that I believe is a guy named Sasha Baron Cohen, Ali G. Yeah. So I, I, that's who I, if people are like Alex, you're ripping somebody up. Kind of, I'm ripping off Ali G a little bit, you know, that, and, and I don't even mind saying that because I think what he did is pretty brilliant. His politics trash. But what he did, you know, with his content being allergy, like what he did with what he tried to do with Ron Paul, he looked like an idiot. Right. But he tried to have gay sex with Ron Paul. Literally. Ron Paul is, I think you'd agree. He got a lot further with a lot of other people. (laughs) I saw a lot of Of videos like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, because Ron Paul didn't play that gay stuff. Ron Paul was slick. He knew. He's like, what? No, like literally. And I don't, I'm not trying to be anti-gay, but he's like, he tried to kiss me. He tried to do the gay stuff. I'm out of there. Like there's a famous thing where he's like literally stuttering like what had happened to him when he's on the cell phone. And because Ron and his son ran, they're for compared to most of these politicians, they actually kind of have their finger on the pulse. Like they can kind of tell what's going on. Right. Unlike these other politicians that have no, most of them have no idea. Yeah. Well, what I think is so interesting about all this is all the hate you've gotten where you are just doing what they've done for years. You know, like it's always been the left, like Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, you know, doing the daily show politicians. Uh, and also, like, you know, you're actually doing it to politicians and, you know, occasional dumbasses and blue hair who are screaming about stuff. But you're not like going and bugging people in restaurants who are just eating or some guy who's working or whatever. Like, you're not fucking with those people. You're actually going to the people who are making everyone's lives miserable and, you know, just rubbing it in their faces. But uh, the vitriol you're met with is just hilarious because it's what they've been doing forever. And you're just giving them a little bit of their own medicine and they can't stand that. Dude. And I'm getting hated on by the left, but even a lot of these people on the right that act there, like act like there's some moral superiority, like Bill O'Reilly hated the thing called me a creeper and all this stuff. The same guy that's paid <laughs> millions of dollars, literally. I would take that as a compliment, of... not being liked by Bill O'Reilly. That's a good thing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. And, and I know that there's other people on the conservative side, like, like I had this video that went viral on Twitter. I got nearly 3 million views where I went in the vice journalist's face. And I said, you know, why are you doing this? But the reason why I did that, it wasn't just random this vice journalist had posted the day before and gotten millions of hits on her content of just secretly filming people that were doing the lord's prayer and say what you will whether you're religious not religious i know you're not super religious and i get it like you know uh you know it's kind of funny to watch people do the lord's prayer and the cpac thing like i, I can actually understand the, the Is content this where marjorie taylor green was exactly doing praying yeah, okay, doing yeah, the yeah. doing the performance yeah. art yeah i'll admit that is a little kind of weird you know you look at it but but that almost I wasn't even mad at her about, but then that that showed me who she was, and I'm starting to look at her page. And one of her one of her tweets was, "The crypto crash is bad for white supremacy because you know it's mainly white people, <laughs> white men that you know invested in crypto, and it just keeps on going." I mean, January six, <laughs> you know, everybody's domestic terrorist. Yada. Right. I mean, her it's just the hate of her content. So like, I if if I would have just saw her post that video of people doing the Lord's prayer and it gets millions of hits, I would have been like, oh, that's whatever, you know. That's that is kind of like I would post that. But then I find, found out who she was, and then I saw all of her articles and just the stuff she wrote about the January six people, and it's just disgusting. And so I was like, oh, I'm I'm following her. I immediately followed her. And I was like, well, I'll be at CPAC on Saturday. If I see her, I'm saying something to her. And I'm not going to be rude. All these people are like, oh, my God, you harassed her. I'm standing three feet away. I got my camera with a little selfie stick, you know, a selfie stick a little bit shorter than this mic. I've actually got I've got the clip pulled up because I wanted to I don't want to show the whole thing, but I just want to show like 30 seconds of it or something because it's fucking hilarious. But here we go. 
Guys, this is a vice. Guys, this person, she's a loser right here. She's the only one in a mask. You see this? This is what a loser looks like. She's got her coronavirus. How many vaccines do you have? Are you on are you on your fifth vaccine? It's none of your business. Oh my oh it's not? So why do you want to mandate them if it's none of my business? Are you pro-vaccine mandates? Oh, it's none of my business, but she's pro-vaccine mandates. Guys, you see this? This is what a vice journalist looks like. She comes here. This is what a vice journalist looks like in her little mask at the conservative event. Now she's scared and she's getting attention. <laughs> well, and, and dude, you know what's funny? It's, it, what's funny about that is like she had written all these articles about the vaccine, how it needs to be mandated, of course, you know. And, and then I asked her if she's vaccinated. She's like, it's none of your business. Yet these are the same people that they want you to share if you're vaccinated to get a hot dog at 7 Eleven. You know, they want you to be, you know, just not just to get on an airplane. They want it mandated for you to even be able to get a soda at McDonald's or whatever. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, if there's any pushback at all to them, they just they react as though they're being persecuted, even though, um, like I said earlier, it's the way that they have always pushed everything. They're always they've been ridiculing people on the right and religious people and everything forever. Like they've just been making fun of them relentlessly. But then also, to your point, it's not just that politically they've been going after them. They've also like ruined their lives for the last couple of years with all these mandates. And that's been mostly the journalists who have done that. Like 98% of the journalists went along with all this shit. And it's the reason things turned out the way they did. Like the, the government obviously had a huge role, but they wouldn't have been able to sell it without the media. So the media is responsible for all this. And they're the ones who are going to get off scot-free. Like we might vote out some of the people who did this to us through government, uh, you know, edicts or whatever, but all the fucking people in the media all the journalists, they're going to keep their jobs and they're going to be fine and they're going to go on to the next lie. And so I love what you're doing, man. It's great. I think well, I'm glad someone's out there exposing them. I think you nailed it. Though. The media is the enemy of the people. And I think you can just like the perfect example. And this, this, you know, extrapolates to all industries. But right now they changed the rules in order to fly an airplane. It went from 15 hours minimum to 750 hours as a minimum required flight time. They, and in New York, they had to limit the flights in LaGuardia, JFK, and uh, and uh, Newark because they don't have enough air traffic controllers. So, and we can only say so much stuff on YouTube, but I'm saying these mandates cause a lot of people to early retire. You look at the same guys like Dan Crenshaw kicking people out of the, the army reserves. If you're not inoculated, like these people, there, there's going to be consequences for kicking all these people out of these industries. And I mean, you know, I think like the, the, if you try to get on a plane, like I'm flying tomorrow, I'm like, oh, well, let's just, let's just hope, fingers crossed, am I still, you know, that the flight takes off on time and that it all works out. But I don't have a lot of hope because I, I, I got stranded in New York on a Southwest Airlines flight. They didn't have a pilot and I had to pay, pay an extra hotel room. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not even trying to complain about that, but I didn't want to stay in New York an extra night at the airport till 11 p.m. Then I had to buy a $200. You know, and I didn't even buy a hotel. Actually, as a matter of fact, I drove my car to uh, Connecticut and flew out of Connecticut uh, and stayed up all night and got on the 5 a.m. flight. So my point being is like, dude, if this industry is dying or not dying, but it's really taking a big hit. Imagine all the other industries like the teachers. And I yeah. mean, I can only imagine a lot of these industries are really getting hit hard by these mandates. And you probably can't tell at first, but six months after you can really see the, the effect it had. Yeah. So the type of people you've been resonating with, I've seen you with Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, like what what type of people are being drawn to you? It's mostly probably conservative people, right? Or right wing people. But what 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 types of feedback have you gotten from people like who are the guys that really appreciate what you're doing for the most part, do you think? Well, first of all, we have to talk about your baby mama, Tulsi. I mean, I, me and Marjorie Taylor Greene, I love her. Like, she's like, I mean, I genuinely love her. Like, I care about her because she's a based mom and she's like actually badass. But I, I want to talk she's about your mom. Uh, I want to talk about your mom, Tulsi. So, you know, I knew Tulsi, you know, World Economic Forum. There's some stuff I don't like about her. But, you know, Eric Jackman, you know, the Jackman brothers, they love Tulsi. So whoever they love, I have to love because I respect their opinion. And... <laughs> My biological father, Tucker, loves Tulsi. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to say shit to Tulsi. You know, I'm going to be, and I like Tulsi. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm mm -hmm. not saying like I'm not trashing her, but it's like with any politician, you, you could, you could, you know, get mad at Marjorie. I wouldn't, but I'm saying like, you know, with, with Tulsi, it's like, you know, all, I got killed for that. I took a picture of Tulsi and all these people are like, I thought you were against the world economic for. I thought you were near. And I'm like, all right, first of all, <laughs> 
I'm, I'm, you know, tangentially connected to, to her by people that I consider good friends and my biological father. I'm not going to go yell at Tulsi. I'm going to be nice. And Tulsi was really nice, very mm-hmm. down to earth. Cool. So I have like literally no complaints with her. I'm just saying it's funny how it's not enough. Like I can go and get in these politicians' faces, but oh, if I let if I take a picture of Tulsi Gabbard, oh, oh, so now you're a World Economic Forum, a lover, Alex. You love you love Klaus Schwab. Yeah. Like, it's funny. I actually had, I had people unsubscribe from me on YouTube because I took a picture with her when I was down uh, at Young Americans for Liberty a couple weeks ago. And the funny thing is I worked on her campaign. So I'm like, how much do you guys know about me? Just taking a picture with her like gets me in trouble. But anyway, I keep going. I just well, thought that and, was funny, but. and it's like, dude, you like her. You don't worship her. Like, you're going to be nice to her. And I think we should even be nice to the people we hate. Even the people yeah. I'm talking about, Elan Omar, who I don't like. I would be nice to her. I would maybe sarcastically take a picture with her. I'm not saying that Tulsi's in the same thing, but I don't think us being like with my content, I'm not trying to virtue signal. And I know I, I go, you know, I'm a troll or whatever, but I try not to be like outwardly mean. I almost want to be fake. Nice. Like with AOC, I said, you're a big booty Latina. I love you. You're sexy. Yeah. Like I'd rather. All, those be, are compliments. You're being nice the whole time. Exactly. Because you can't like, I got an Adam Kinziger's face and I'm like, you know, you're a douche and a traitor. That doesn't work. You know, that doesn't, then people put their head down. They immediately, you know, block you out as soon as you, you start doing that. And so that's not, I don't think we get anywhere in this civil discourse by being like toxic immediately off the start, being like F you. And, you know, that's not yeah. how it works. You got to be like, all right, I understand your side. This is my side. You know, let's see if we can somehow come to agreement because that's what the left does. And we're not just sitting here in the bachelor left, but they're like, vote blue no matter who you're a black white supremacist if you're a black conservative like they go all the way they don't even want to meet in the middle at all so i think that's what we have to do the opposite of them we have to love thy enemy a little bit i I just think we kind of have to sadly Mm -hmm. yeah so speaking of uh traitors to our country and everything uh how do you think liz cheney is going to do tonight in wyoming the polls are closing i think right as we started this video so uh are you hoping she pulls through or what, what are you thinking? <laughs> well, I know, I know you saw that thing too. Oh, and that's the other Andrew Yang. That's what I meant to say too. He's such oh, an yeah. idiot. He was like, he was like, say what you will. She's such a good person for American <laughs> blah, 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 American government or whatever. Dude, this is what pisses me off. I'll even give you January 6th, and this is probably not a popular opinion, was intense. You know, there was people like, you know, you know, running in there and flashbangs. Mm-hmm. Well, the only person that died was Ashley Babbitt. My point being, like, I could say it's not the best. Optically, it's not it's not the best look. But for anybody with half a brain that thinks the QAnon shaman is going to walk in there with a horn helmet and be able to decertify election, election, you're retarded. And I don't mean that. I don't mean that metaphorically, hyperbolically. You think he's going to write legislation? The QAnon shaman with his horns go, all right, give me the book or give me the pen. We're going to write this. Donald Trump is now the president. And, that, and all, the, all the politicians are like, oh, my God, you're right. Like, yeah, right. It didn't matter if they all got in there. They would have just done it over a Zoom meeting. They would have never not certified Biden as the president because that's just not how this shit works. Like, there's rules and regulations that they're going to follow. So say what you will, that that it, it did look bad. But these people that are trying to compare it and make it sound like it was, you know, 9-11 or that it was the worst thing since then or, you know, it's just – it blows my mind the fact that they're still doing a January 6th commission, the fact that they're still trying to impeach Trump now basically for the third time. And Trump's just crooked, too. I mean, Trump's not some, you know, Boy Scout. Yeah. He's not a choir boy. He's probably got some skeletons in his closet. But if you can't see that they're weaponizing the Department of Justice against People that love our country the most, those people on January 6th love our country more than the average Joe. They cared about this country enough to get off their ass and go at least try or at least support what they thought was a fraudulent deal. And everybody knows it was the most safe and secure election of all time. It was the best, most pure, good election. No no issues whatsoever. So they were all 1,000% wrong. You know, the one we'll before that, that, completely stolen. Which, Oh, totally stolen. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But this one is 100%. Russia stole that one, but this one is 100% legit. (laughs) But my point being is like they've weaponized the Department of Justice to go after the MAGA grandma. They've weaponized it to go after Trump. Now they've got 87,000 IRS agents that are part of their training school, part of their training skills is to be able to use deadly force. Like the trajectory that this is going, I can't even speak, is not in a good direction, in my opinion. And now they just said they're going to get an extra $20 billion in taxes through audits on people making under $400,000 a year. So 
listen, I, I don't know how much money you make, but I'm guessing you're probably in that range. I mean, under 400K, I'm definitely in that range. So looks like I'm going to be subject to an audit. You're going to be subject to an audit if we have $601 in our Venmo account and we don't uh, notify the government about it. So they're going to put in all these kinds of rules and regulations that are almost impossible to comply with unless you're just totally obsessing over your finances. And, and they're going to steal. And I say steal because I think taxes basically are you know theft of the way they tax us. And, and they're going to put people in jail. They're going to make their lives ruin all to get $20 billion so they can either send, you know, some SpaceX rocket to go do some fake shit on Mars or so they can go give $80 billion to Ukraine. You know what I mean? They're, you know, they're, they're literally, there's so much government waste that it, the $20 billion you're going to get is not even going to benefit the American people. So it's all a scam. It's just really going to hurt the middle class, which is their plan. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. Um, it, it's nice to see some people on the right start really looking at intelligence agencies with skepticism, <laughs> you know, I mean, the irony of all this stuff. Uh, I remember in 2019 when Trump went after Julian Assange using the Espionage Act uh, for 17 violations that they were getting Julian Assange for. And now they want to abolish it, which is great. Like, I agree. Let's abolish it or, you know, reform it or rewrite it or whatever. But um, <laughs> like, it, it's just it's interesting, like watching Trump just continually bite himself in the ass with this stuff. Like he, I don't know how much you've paid attention to this, but he, he signed a law in 2018 that is apparently going to fuck him over more for whatever documents Increase he had. Increase the penalties. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, Jesus Christ. But it's great. Like seeing a lot of right wingers and people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, like straight up saying, let's abolish the FBI or defund the FBI or, you know, like get rid of the espionage act. Like that's great. And so even though it's kind of hilarious watching Trump bumble through this and don't have any sympathy for him as a person, like, I feel like we need to just weaponize all that anger that exists on the right. And then some people on the left and then people in the middle, whoever like hate these 80, uh, 87,000 IRS agents and seeing that the FBI is being used as a political tool. Because like you said, yes, yeah, Trump has skeletons or whatever, but so does Hunter Biden and the FBI straight up didn't investigate him and said that the laptop information was disinformation. So Rush, it's Russian disinfo. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously completely partisan the way they're going about it. But And you nailed it. I think you said, uh, you know, just the fact that there's about 10 other people before Trump that should have had this, you know, sort of investigation done on them. But there's there's also two things I want to say. I really like Rebel Without a Cause podcast talking about the time travel. That's just a total conspiracy, which is fake. But you ever heard the rumor that like Trump supposedly has Tesla's time machine, you know, somehow like his grandfather got it. Uh, and so I like that joke. I wanted to tweet out like the real reason the FBI rated Trump is for the time machine. But, you know, people wouldn't get that. And then they'd be like, oh, my God, this guy's actually autistic. So I, did, I didn't want to say that. And then on top of this, it's like the idea people always ask me, like metaphorically, if you were president, what would you do? Literally, the first thing I would do is defund the CIA and the FBI. They'd be gone. I mean, and, and we would just use the military to protect us. You know, we would just use them. And, you know, if if there really is some sort of threat, the idea that they created this like fake terror in the Middle East and that we're all going to be victims of terrorism was, I mean, it was a total psyop. I mean, they didn't even find weapons of mass destruction. And there's people still today like, oh, I don't want to get blown up by a suicide bomber. It's like, that's never happened. It's yet to happen. I don't know. Has there ever been a suicide bomber in America yet? I mean, there's one guy they said did it in the, with Nashville or whatever. But I mean, like, has there really been a suicide bomber from a jihadi terrorist in America? Not that I really know of. Um, so it's just, it's all fear-based tactics in order to scare us and, uh, you know, make us think that we need the government for safety and we have to trade our freedoms for the safety. And like the saying goes, when you trade safety for freedom, you end up with neither. Yeah. What I think is funny too, is especially with Trump is there are like Trump has Epstein connections and he's guilty of war crimes and shit, but they can't touch that because he'd bring them down with the ship. So like, as they like keep lobbing all these things at each other across the aisle, like the right and the left, they never can actually go for anything really evil or atrocious because they know they're all complicit too. That's what's hilarious about watching this. They got to like find some little document that some guy had that he wasn't supposed to have or something like that to try to take him down with that. It's just kind of hilarious watching. 
Well, it's funny you say that because like this is the conspiracy tinfoil hat uh, that I wear on my head is thinking I wouldn't be surprised. And there's definitely clips of Obama saying this. Like he's like, you know, I wouldn't mind if I could just be the shadow president in my basement with an earpiece, just, you know, telling the president what lines to say. So I really wouldn't be surprised, Reed, with the you see the lack of support that Joe Biden is having on the left. If they 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 investigate Trump and then they go after Hunter Biden, they say, hey, well, look, we investigated Trump. Now we're investigating Biden. We go. We're bipartisan. This is what we're the party of fairness. And then they take out Joe Biden on some, and seriously, they're like, oh, yeah, well, no. you know, you, you know, you had this Burisma business dealings. We all know that he's doing business with Burisma. We all know that he's being paid by Chinese gas companies. They're giving him diamonds and stuff. This is like stuff that anybody that's just barely paying attention has heard. So I think if an FBI agent with a subpoena and a warrant could, could find out a lot more information very easily, they do what we call in the conspiracy world, basically like a humiliation ritual. Hey, they say, hey, Joe, you're senile anyway. We gave you the president. You'll go down as being a president. Of course, you'll be an impeached president. And you'll be humiliated and ridiculed. Ridiculed, you know, your legacy will be tarnished. But do you think Joe? Do you think uh, Barack Obama cares about Joe Biden's legacy? They no. gave him the election anyway, so you know they're not going to be like the guy won the election from his basement. So they don't feel like they owe him anything anyway. Yeah, yeah, I've wondered about that a lot. Like, what are the Democrats going to do over the next year and a half? Because they can't, they can't run Joe again, and they can't run Kamala. Like, I mean, maybe they will because we were. T I mean, I was saying that. In 2020, like you can't run Joe Biden, no way. And then they still chose him. I was like, all right, whatever. But I don't know. It seems like they're going to have to do something. Who do you think? Who would you surmise could be a formidable Democrat candidate? I know who it's going to be. I can yeah. already tell you it's going to be Gavin Newsom. And you're like, what? Oh, He's God. universally hated. But people in California like him. And uh, when, uh, when bring on uh, the Joe secession Bi movement, baby, that'll fucking <laughs> that'll fire. Yeah, that that'll right up. speed it up. Yeah, yeah. But but well, the, you know, the, all these and I talked to some people from California that are like, you know, I know from like, you know, when I was in, you know, the normal TV business or like reality TV and stuff. Dude, a lot of people love Gavin Newsom. You know, they love, especially like the gay community and, you know, certain communities there. They love Gavin. So there's going to, he's going to be able to have some support. But this is how I think, this is just my, the one little bit of evidence of why I think he'll be their, uh, you know, candidate is because the day that I was in DC, Joe Biden went to Israel. That's like when he went to Israel and then he hung out with the Saudis and got like nothing done. But that same day, Gavin Newsom went on a tour of the White House. I'm like, obviously, he went there knowing Joe Biden wouldn't be there. So, like, they could meet with him. They could talk with him when Joe Biden wasn't there. So he wasn't threatened. But it's like Gavin Newsom is literally American psycho. He's a ter terrible guy. Yeah. But can he talk? He can talk decently. He's attractive male. Like, you know what I mean? He, yeah, like, he, he checks their boxes. So I just wouldn't be uh, – there's Jackmans are in the chat right now. Uh, we were just talking about you guys. But what I'm saying, I, I just wouldn't be surprised if he's the candidate. And I think if he primaries, like who's going to beat him? Elizabeth Warren? I mean, who? Uh, you know, uh, Bernie? I mean, hey, if anybody, honestly, and I'm just picking – I mean, Bernie's a socialist, but I would almost rather them run Bernie than uh, anybody. I think he would almost have a better chance, but I don't know who they're going to like I think it would be Gavin. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I'm a bit of an accelerationist, at least when it comes to the federal government. Like in New Hampshire, I want a, a government that doesn't suck and is going to push back against the federal government. But when it comes to especially the president, I feel like someone who's just absolutely transparently awful and reviled is better than someone who makes people feel comfortable, but still sucks. So basically like I feel like having Biden in there is almost better than it was having Trump in there because, yeah, Trump was a little bit better than Biden. But man, like trying to tell the right wingers that, you know, shit was still going downhill and we were spending too much money and they were locking us in our houses or whatever. But like with Biden, they're all like, fuck this guy. This guy sucks. You know, 1776 will commence again. But so. I don't necessarily think it would be the worst thing in the world if we if Gavin Newsom does become the president. Like maybe you'll finally see a secession movement take off or like at least some strong 10th Amendment reinstatement state saying, fuck you, we're not going to. But what do you think? Like, is there any hope if we go like hardcore that way or do you think well, it's too I dangerous? Like 
And somebody in the chat said an, uh, an accelerationist truck driver. But that is funny because the idea of the accelerationist <laughs> theory, though, is like, you know, we just get rid of that governor. Happen. Take yeah. the governor right out of there, right out of the it, truck, it, right? Yeah. And just let go, let's go as fast as possible to a shitstorm because then we can build it back better, the Joe Biden plan. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think you actually have a point, dude. Imagine they do do the humiliation ritual and then Kamala has like six months in office as the first female president. It's like actually an idiot. I mean, they can't even be like, you know, I'm Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her, and I'm wearing a blue dress or whatever. I'm just saying she can't even open a meeting. She has the order skills of a raccoon. Like she doesn't have, she, you know what I mean? She's literally like a house, like my cat, I think Sky Bear speaks more eloquently than Kamala Harris. And, but Sky Bear is a very, he meows very well. So he's actually yeah, a he's cat. Eloquent. He's, yeah. yeah, he's very eloquent. Yes, yeah, he waxes eloquently. But yeah, I think I think we talk about the accelerationist theory too. That I I was talking to somebody else about this too. I'm almost a little, and this is I like where your mindset. So I'm not trying to be contrarian, but I still feel like we should try to slow down the the the. We're going in a slow accident, like a slow traffic accident. We should hit the brakes. But I was talking to a guy that had the same mindset as you. He's like, no, we just crash. We need to build back better. It well, just well, it's it's crash. not so much that we actually accelerate. It's that the appearance is accelerating. So, I mean, if you think about it, Congress has actually been more fiscally conservative under Biden than Trump, because you have all of the Republicans opposing Biden now. Where under mm -hmm. Trump, there was like three or four of them who would oppose him and we'd, we you know, pass the biggest spending bills in history. But now it's like we got it. You know, this is irresponsible. We got to be fiscally conservative for our grandchildren. And I feel like if Gavin Newsom got in there, like the appearance is off the charts awful. But then Congress is fucking gridlocked like the Republicans, even the moderate Republicans would be like, fuck you. You're not passing anything because it's kind of happened with Biden. So. I don't know. It's not an action. It's not like Congress actually gets worse. It's just the faces are worse and it actually like slows the machine down because there's actual pushback because it's so transparently awful. I don't know. It's just a thought. No, no, no. I, I like that. But let's let's get our tin for hats. Was Trump put in in 2016 for the idea of an uh, accelerationist, you know, to cause a divide, to cause strife, <laughs> to make people, you know, they kind of used him like we want to use Gavin Newsom. Did the left use Trump as this rallying cry? You know, that's kind of what I think in my head as a conspiracy. I'm like, was Trump put in there to just divide the country? You well, know? let me ask you this, Alex. Do you think any churches would have locked down if Hillary Clinton was president? Do you think they would have respected those lockdown orders and been like, OK, we got to do this for the greater good? Like, I don't know. Great. They would have been like, that's pretty brilliant. That's pretty brilliant. <laughs> when you say, and dude, under no circumstance should a church uh, have shut down, even if they're a C5013 yeah. or whatever. I know it doesn't make sense. If we're having a, the worst pandemic, the worst asteroids were coming down and killing people. You should still be able to go to church. If you want to go to church, that is freedom of religion it is our first amendment, right? I, we should be able to congregate and celebrate God. So you can celebrate, uh, you know, Muhammad, you can celebrate, uh, you know, the Kabbalah or whatever the fuck. I'm just saying, literally, you should be able to have that right if if we're in America, right? You shouldn't be able to right. shut down because of the flu or even if it's worse. So the idea that, that all those churches did shut down because maybe they were a little more conservative, that's actually a pretty brilliant take. That kind of blows my mind when you, when you really look at it like that. Like, would they have done that? Probably not. They probably would have been like, we're not listening to that bitch, Hillary. Like, we're staying open and, <laughs> and worshiping Jesus, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I mean... It's it sucks, but it's true. Like I, I kind of go, I, I kind of think like I either want somebody really good in power because then they're going to try to point the ship in the right direction or just like the complete opposite, like good or just fucking awful because in the middle is the worst because no one pays attention. They're just like, yeah, everything's fine. You know, so and so who I voted for is running the show. So I haven't even watched the news in three years because I'm sure he's just doing everything I'd want him to do. Like that is the worst because that's when people get complacent. They don't, you know, dig in for information at all, find out what's really going on. And they're just like, yep, I just leave it to him. So I don't know. I We, we need a shake up, by the way. Someone who's like actually going to really, uh, you know, ruffle feathers and turn things around or someone who's just going to be like transparently part of the WEF and the swamp and everything. Because one of those two, it's just like this fucking fake bullshit, like talking a good day uh talking a good game not doing anything or like you know kind of be in the middle of the road like that just doesn't work i think that's it's just like the slow boil the frog never jumps uh jumps out of the pot and 
that's where we are now. So I don't know. Yeah, but this is the problem with that, though, is when you go and you do man on the street stuff and you ask them, like, who's the vice president? Most people don't even know it's Kamala Harris. Most people are just worried about their day to day lives that they're not even political at all. They don't they're not like dialed in like you and I are to even know, like the left, the right, who's good, who's bad. They don't even know who's good. They the people they don't even know who they voted for. And that's probably the most of Americans is that we're stupid. We're dumb. And I talk about this all the time. And I don't mean the truth, but. You know, they did a nationwide market research survey. I think I've said this on your show. I, I bring up this all the time. A&W, they got, when they're getting their hamburger business, they wanted to compete with McDonald's quarter pounder, which is one fourth. And they asked people what they thought was a better value, either a third pounder burger for like $3.99 or a quarter pounder burger for the same price, $3.99. And overwhelmingly, everybody picked the quarter pounder because they saw one fourth. So they thought one fourth was more than one third. They couldn't even, and this is a majority of people. You can look up this study, yeah. look up the A&W I remember you, uh, I remember you saying this. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I've said this a lot. I'm just saying that's where we're at. And it's not even that people are so dumb they couldn't figure it out if they had a second with a pencil and paper and they actually kind of thought, you know. But people are just too distracted. People have – they're worried about their girlfriend cheating on them. They're worried about their kids' school. They're worried about their bills. They're worried about so many, uh, so many issues that are in their universe. They can't, like, think outside. They can't see the forest for the huge tree in their face. So – it doesn't matter like who's in power and that's the conspiracy side in me. There's just like a few people that kind of know what's going on. I'd say probably like 15% of the population. There's probably like five that think they know and they're totally wrong. And then there's just 80% of the population doesn't even care. You know what I mean? They don't even care what's going on. Cause they're just worried about whatever, getting the new Jordans or whatever the hell, uh, you know, whatever the newest Sonic, the Hedgehog three movies coming out. Oh, I can't wait to go see it. Oh, there's a new Netflix show. Oh, I'm so happy. I got this new Netflix show. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you big on Orwell and Huxley? Have you read 1984 Duh. Brave New World? Come yeah, on, figured, dude, we're yeah. fucked. And all that stuff's coming together. I mean, all this stuff's in, and you know, really when I, when you look at the 1984, the Aldous Huxley, Huxley, Brave New World, really, you'd like to think that we're in this Orwellian nightmare, but really we're in this Aldous Huxley, Brave New World exactly version. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. everybody's on the Soma, but it's just 10 different antidepressants or a vaccine or whatever, you know, whatever, pill they think makes them feel better really it probably just has a placebo effect if they actually feel better because they even said the serotonin is not related with depression like that study just came out so my point being and then and then we talk about in that i think the movies were called the feelies or something and, and it was basically like pornography movies that were like blast porn and explosions and stuff because they would just make you feel away you wouldn't even be watching a um you know like a storyline and that's basically what's happening now you get all the free porn you want why is porn free like literally that doesn't even make sense like you can literally to me and i'm not saying i've never looked at porn i'm not even some i'm not trying to sound like i'm some you know some good guy you know that's because all these people like oh porn should not exist you know if you want to film yourself having sex go for it but my point being is i don't think it should necessarily be free be accessible that is like the brave new world mindset where everybody's just like addicted to porn everybody's just jacking their dick they're on some sort of pills and they're just disconnected with reality and that's how they get through their day-to-day lives yeah well i think huxley was way more accurate with his predictions because he realized if you give people what they want then they'll give up their rights. They won't give a fuck as long as they're stimulated. Where in 1984, it's kind of a jackboot on your neck. It's really uncomfortable. And I don't think that works for too long. Like people eventually rise up if you have the 1984 approach. Like even with COVID, it started out with sort of the Brave New World approach. Like, oh, we'll do these stimulus checks and you can just stay home and work from home and everything will be fine. And people took it for long enough. And then it became like, you are going to inject this into your body, whether you want to or not. And, you know, we are not opening up the economy again. People are eventually like, you know what? Fuck you. We're not doing this anymore. So that's kind of what I'm that that's kind of what I'm applying to the accelerationist theory with, you know, who runs for president or whatever, because uh, the populist candidate who doesn't end up actually doing anything good, he's like the Soma you know, like in a lot of ways, Trump was a big Soma pill for everybody yeah. where Biden is 1984. He's Goldstein, you know, the fucking or no Goldstein's the bad guy and or the the culprit in 1984. I'm getting my uh, characters mixed up, but you know what I'm saying? He's the fucking yeah, he's big brother. Uh, Joe Biden is. And that's why people fucking hate him. So I'm like, I'm actually kind of worried that uh, with all these elections coming up and everything, we're going to get a bunch of 
you know, useless nobodies who just have an R next to their name into office. And then everyone who's been awake for the last year and a half, two years is just going to go right back to sleep and be like, okay, we did it. Everything's fine. Like, fuck it. We don't need to worry about anything anymore. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. Dude, I think you're spot on. I mean, you know, then they just have the appearance like, oh, well, our side won, so we can just, you know, take a nap now. And, oh, the economy's a little better. But, dude, I mean, the war on the middle class is insane. When we look at Bill Gates owning all this farmland, he's not even going to farm because of you know, the carbon footprint. You look at China's, you know, the largest U.S. landholder outside of America. You look at BlackRock, these corporations that are buying single-family homes, making it impossible to, to own a home. So the bubble is going to burst. In 2008, all these people that were like anti-establishment, a lot of these liberals were anti-big banks, anti-big pharma. Now they've tricked them into all being that, you know, where they just, you know, blindly follow whatever the mainstream narrative is like, oh, I love Moderna. Oh, I love Chase Bank or whatever. Um, so so I guess you're right. Like, you know, we don't want to just have some person that kind of lulls us to sleep. But I think what's going to happen is is eventually like when the stimulus checks and the people were, were being able to go to their businesses and say they needed money for, I forget the payments, you know, they really unfairly, well, I don't know if it's unfairly, but if you notice, there was a lot of African-American black people that got in trouble for, you know, doing the, the fraud. And that's not racist. I'm just saying, you can look at the stats. There was a lot of black people that got in trouble for lying on there's white people too. There's people of all colors. I don't want to, they're going to clip this. Oh, Alex Stein's racist. That's not what we I'm have saying. lots of great clippable moments from here. Like me endorsing Gavin Newsom for president. <laughs> that's yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my point being is it's going to go after these people that are probably, you know, the the, the most marginalized. And that's what I think is yeah. going to happen with the IRS. And what's going to happen is they're going to go after these marginalized people and they are eventually going to wake up and the pendulum is going to swing and there is going to be chaos. Like, you know, it's not just going to be, you know, they're going to start throwing people in jail for not paying their taxes on like their cash app because they had 1200 bucks in there or whatever. So I don't know. I, I think like. Like you said, so many people are going to become victims to this liberal world order and what's happening now that, you know, eventually they're not going to stand up for it. Maybe we will have a revolution. I think that's what we need. Yeah. Uh, let's do some super chats with a little bit of time we got left. So Dickie Walnut says uh, Reed's favorite holiday is coming up on the 25th. Do you know what August 25th is, by the way? Is that the day of the U.S. Liberty attack? USS no. <laughs> That's uh, it's I actually want to get your take on this. It's the death anniversary of John McCain. So what do you think about <laughs> I, I go I go hard against neocons when neocons die, uh, like when uh, Rumsfeld died, like I am all about just shitting all over them and ridiculing them because to me, they're like Adolf Hitler or Pol Pot, like they're the same thing. And, you know, we don't have any reaction when someone like you know, shits all over Hitler because he's dead or whatever. So what do you think about that? Is that like too tasteless or do you think it's funny? It's definitely or? tasteless. It's definitely tasteless. It but at the same time, yeah. I, I don't think it's as tasteless as guys like Dan Crenshaw who lost his eye, who actually lost his eye for whatever you'll say it is, and still will send kids to go fight a war. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you're the same. I'm a conflict interventionist. I'm sure you are. But you would think if you lost your arm, you'd say, hey, this shit's not worth it. I lost my arm so a bunch of billionaires can you know get a bunch of money for imaginary lines in the sand that, don't, that does not benefit you and I. Like, we're really, there's no clear uh, objective when they went to the Middle East except of weapons of mass destruction that didn't exist. When they found out they didn't ex exist, they still stayed there. So my point being is a person that actually went and lost and suffered in war should be more opposed to war than you and me that's never even shot a gun in an Iraqi or Taliban person. So yeah, I think these people are evil because they know how bad it is. They know even better more than you and I, and they still will send our youth there. They still will continue to pump up these, what do you want to call them, neocons with the big war machine, Halliburton, because they're getting paid by them. So that, you know, so they don't have any sort of integrity whatsoever. So yeah, I, I definitely don't think, you know, I mean, we can poo poo on somebody's grave all you want. But, you know, I also kind of like the mindset is like, let's just go, let's just move on. But I get it. You want to dunk on him, dunk on him. I mean, dude, when Liz Cheney's dad, Dick, you know, made that video, well, Trump is this and that and that. I was just <laughs> oh like, man, God. I can't believe this guy's still alive, still doing this bullshit. You know, I mean, I don't want anybody to die. I'm not saying that, but I was just like. I Man, do. I want Dick Cheney to die. I'll go. Well, on I'm just saying the Lord has taken out people that I love and so many other people, young people. Now you hear all these young people dying, soccer players dying. I wonder what that's from. But my point it's being like is global like, you know, warming, uh, global warming. The, the yeah, getting oh, yeah, gardening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do not garden. They say gardening can cause it. Cold showers can cause sudden adult death syndrome. But this guy is still up there making freaking trolling videos, you know, sitting there in his cowboy hat. And he shot a guy when they went hunting. So, I mean, it's just saying it's like, Life is not fair. And that video yeah. is just another kind of, you know, interpretation of like, oh, man, this is a 
this guy's still kicking and obviously he's not very relevant, but yeah. By the way, Liz Cheney, if you lose tonight, which I'm sure you will just take some time off from politics, you know, do some family activities, just go quail hunting with your father. It'll be great. Uh, <laughs> no, but wait, real quick, before we get to the next super chat, did you see, did you watch that C- CBS thing I tweeted? I don't know if you saw, but it was like a thing how they're trying to rally support. Cause that's what the left does is like, they'd be like, Oh, she's dying in the polls saying that it's going to rally people to go support her or whatever. But at the very end, they're like, well, she does lose this. She has her eyes set on the presidency. It's like, if this oh bitch God. can't even win the primary in fucking Wyoming, how do you think she's going to win the presidential primary? I mean, and that's the CBS morning news. Like you have to have a college degree in journalism, yada, yada. I mean, these are supposed to be the, the elite journalists of our society. And how could you seriously say that? Like, oh, well, she has a chance at the presidential primary. You are lying through your teeth and you deserve to be uh, in nineteen Ridiculed by shocked. Alex Stein. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah that's the least. That's the least that they deserve. These are way worse than that. Uh, who is more of a mommy, AOC or Tulsi? Oh, you might get in trouble for that one. Well, I know. I mean, dude, okay. And I say this all the time because everybody on the on the right is like, I mean, I would say this, and I said this before I met her. I'd be like, well, AOC's hot. Like, I think she's hot. She was a bartender, and dude, she's in that little white dress and is like t- hiked up above the knees, which would have been illegal in my high school. You had to have dresses below the knees. Uh, I'm just saying. And, and you see her in person. You know, if you ever see a celebrity in person that kind of look better. Like I, I worked as an extra on a bunch of shows. And, and, and I remember like female actresses. I'd be like, she's not that hot. But then when you see her in person, they kind of have like their, you know, their air of superiority around. And so you're like, oh, wait, that, that she's actually kind of hotter, you know. And then mm-hmm. AOC was that for me. I was like, oh, wow, she actually is pretty fine. So, yeah, I mean, who would I rather, you know, stick my dingleberry in or whatever my, you know, who would I rather give the old one-two punch, uh, sexual punch, not physical. Uh, yeah, I'd rather bang AOC. There we go. Uh, someone says, we need to pull up with Alex on the 2008 Ron Paul blimp for the next convention. I think that would be great. Next public convention. Uh, would you run for president? Have you ever thought about it? Or is that just like... Of too- course! I'm yeah. a pimp on a blimp, dude. And I got something coming out. I, you know, I got a show coming out very soon. And I don't want to I don't want to say too much, but a lot of the branding for the show has blimps involved. So, yes, dude. And, and, and okay, that's actually a good question, too. I want to become more well known and more, and I want to have a platform because now all these politicians all have a podcast, including you know Marjorie, who I love. So it's like I think that's what like if really if we had a candidate who would I would want not just because he's my biological father, I would love it if Tucker Carlson ran. And I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to have some sort of Hunger Games people where it's going to be like celebrities like Dwayne the Rock Johnson will be president or something. And Lord have you know that's going to be a shit show. But <laughs> my point being. Not now, but 10 years from now, if I can stay you know, online and not get totally deplatformed and I can become a well-known broadcaster, I think I would be forced personally to go into politics because that's actually, in my opinion, that's the only way we can actually evoke change. I mean, you know, we can sit here and talk and we can rally the troops and we can be the, you know, the counter narrative through the media. But like I need to, I want to get in there and change the rules and defund the CIA and fire the FBI and say, suck it and be like, you know, the America. And then I want to release the JFK stuff. I want to release a bunch of shit and be like, this is America, not this bullshit that they've been doing for the past, you know, 40 years, probably longer yeah. than that. What do you think about a Dave Smith, Alex Stein uh, fusion ticket? What do you th- what do you say? I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in all day long. And Dave, you know, I finally got his ear because they shared. Hey, he does the Legion of Skanks podcast. You know, that's one of the kind of put him on the map. Uh, and they they played my AOC clip. So he said, oh, he said he's going to have me on that podcast. So I don't know when. Oh, wow. I, I mean, you know, so if you guys talk to Dave, pressure him. He said he's going to have me on. And I'm going to go insane because I know. Louis Gomez is kind of like middle of the road, but I think it's, um, uh, uh, well, what's the other guy? Big J Ogerson. Yeah. He's like really liberal leftist, I think kind of, so I'm going to get on there and obviously I agree with about 95, 98% of what Dave says. So I don't even know the 2% that I don't agree. Maybe it's a hundred percent, but I probably don't agree with anybody hundred percent. My point being is I want to get on that podcast and go insane for the Ukraine. Like the Jackman brothers yeah. say. I'll just say I agree with you a hundred percent on going on Dave Smith's show. I can't wait to see that. It's going to be great. Okay. Alex, thanks for coming on. Another great conversation. Uh, where can people keep up with all your crazy antics and hysterical stunts that you're pulling all the time? Well, guys, go to my Alex Stein page and, and like Reed, uh, he, you know, he blew up on when they kicked him off Twitter. I know that he's been doing well on Instagram. So I post a lot of my clips on Instagram too. So that's a good place to follow me. And of course it's primetime Stein on Instagram. And then on Twitter, it's Alex Stein 99. Uh, but like I said, 
if you follow me, you're probably going to be on an FBI's list. So maybe don't hit the follow button. Just check the page periodically for new content because I don't want to get you guys. After this podcast, we're probably both canceled, especially after the you know after I expose Reed Coverdale for the. 1967 USS Liberty handle. So you know we're gonna have the SPLC and the ADLU coming at you. Full. Oh yeah. Have on. you have, have you been condemned by the uh, SPLC yet, or have you not had the? They honor? haven't done a hit piece, but I know that's uh, coming. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm, and you know what? It felt good. Name, it felt good. So. And well, let me tell you something. My last name is Stein. You know that's probably the only reason it's bought me a little time. They're kind of like, oh, this guy is a anti-semitic fake jew and i'm like oh great that's gonna be great i can't wait for that one so we shall see i'm sure it's in the works i'm sure there's some reporter watching this right now oh i'm gonna get alex sign oh i'm gonna get a i'm gonna get a ten thousand clicks on the internet i hope you do bud all right alex well thanks for coming on man i know you're super busy i appreciate that you still associate with us low lifes now. You haven't like Shut forgotten up, about Shut up, Reed. You don't even give me that. And last thing, everybody's been talking about you on TimCast. I'm going after Lydia, who I like. I'm like, you got to have Reed. You got to go oh, on. We got to get you on TimCast. That has to be the next thing. And you're in New Hampshire. Can you drive to D.C. or is that too far? I how will far drive however far I have to. I'll, I'll definitely Oh, go. I know you would because you've driven all over. But I'm saying how far is New Hampshire from D.C.? Yeah, I'm like seven, eight hours, something like oh, that. Oh, it's still kind of, so, it's still kind of far. Because I, I, I met, I met Eric, while I was in uh, um, in DC, I was like, "Oh, maybe it's close." But dude, I don't know how to do it. You know, I say I'm so I love America so much. Anytime in, in grade school, I think it was like in a high school when you had to put all fifty states in the right spot. I never did that. Never got it right. Yeah. I think I got an eighty-five on that test. I think I remember what it, it was two points each, so I got an eighty-four, I believe. Uh, so I, you know, what yeah. I definitely can't pick out on a map. Ukraine and Eastern Russia and the border between the Donbass region. But you know what should go there? 80 more billion dollars. <laughs> that is the most important border in the world right now. If that border falls, democracy is dead. Alex, thanks for coming on, man. Always great to talk Peace. to you. Uh, keep, keep on the grind. All the time.